Hello everyone. Hey. Welcome. Got Stephen here with me for our very first episode of the Swans Cast Live. We're bringing it to you from the Rising Sun Hotel in South Melbourne. It's uh, one of the favourite sort of Sydney Swan haunts in uh, Melbourne. That's I think one of two. And, yeah, sorry uh, about that. Yeah. Cheers, right, to thanks to them. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, Got, got a fair bit going on uh, in the AFL these days. Uh, we finished our season a few weeks back, but we had the finals finish up last weekend. We had, uh, if that's my math is right, it was the grand final. Good yeah, grand final. Like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just sort of um, trying to remember where we are at the moment. <laughs> uh, so since then, the uh, Rimmel Mill's been going pretty much crazy at the moment. It's been overdrive. Yeah, it sure has. Um... Uh, especially Essendon been pretty busy at the moment. Oh, they certainly have. Uh, I don't think it's um, any surprise that uh, NAB AFL Trade Radio has been um, the instigator through most of this. Yeah. They've um, certainly been doing their fair share of rumour-mongering. Yeah, Justin, I'll tell you what, I made a bit of a mistake uh, not long ago. I decided on my Twitter, I, um, I decided I'd put notifications on every time NAB <laughs> AFL Trade Radio would give a tweet. I'd be right in the yeah. loop. I'll be right 20, in there. 20 a minute. Yep, 20 a minute. That's pretty much right. And about uh, maybe one out of one every day is about right. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's, just, it's, you know, a clock's twice right a day, remember? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of, I've, I don't feel too, like, I feel a bit sorry for them having to, you know, talk all day and stuff. I mean, we just do it for fun, a couple of hours here and there sort of thing. Oh, but yeah. they, Jeez, a gas bag. And yeah, got, yeah, uh, there's a lot of that going on. But <laughs> <laughs> you've got Matthew Lloyd in the morning. Um, mm. Who's he on with? Oh, I, I, I don't know. I haven't even been watching. I've just been looking at the tweets. Oh, there's, um, and then you've got, um, uh, the redhead who used to play for the Dogs went to Essendon. Oh, um, Adam uh, Cooney. Yeah, Adam Cooney. Mm. Cooney's on as well. Um, yeah. he's not too bad, but, um, he likes to sort of chat. Hello, Diane. Thanks for joining in. Hey. And, um, <laughs> got Damien Barrett, the parrot. He, uh, loves to talk and just about nothing he says is correct. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you've got, Mitch Cleary constantly talking out his ass. Um, you know, as I said before, a clock's right twice a day, so. <laughs> All right, Diane has popped in with her first question. Thank you, Diane. And she has asked, will to the go, where will he go? Is he going to go to the Milpa? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm... He could go to Bondi for the, right. uh, for the summer, you know. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm, I'm interested you said, uh, where will he go rather than will he go? Will like, he go? Will I, I think, go. I yes. think we've... Yeah, as the years gone by, we've kind of come to the, we really hope so. I yep. mean, <laughs> he's been in the Neapel and, you know, you can't just, you can't be spending, what, 800 grand or whatever it is on well, time playing reserves. The thing is, Tom Harley said earlier in the season that they had signed him on, extended his contract again uh, at much reduced terms, but they haven't actually said what the terms are. So all we can guess is it might have been the current contract just extended out for another year. So I think it was um, about 3.4 to 3.6 over four years. Over four years, yeah. yeah. So if it's over six years, because it's been extended two years, then that's, um, what does that work out to? A bit, bit oh, of a 500k. Something like that, yeah. So his last couple of years might really only be 450, 500k. Yeah. But Maybe true, 600 yeah. at most. Yeah, but despite that, I mean, even then, that's still a lot it's to play for someone, lot, yeah. for someone who isn't, wasn't in our best 22. Well, he played... What, three games in the first half of the season? Yeah, had some injury problems. He did. And then he played three, four games in the second half of the season. I think he played uh, seven all up. 
Yeah. I really should fact check. And <laughs> <laughs> yes, Diane, um, don't worry, we agree. We need Watts. But, um, yeah, he'd be an upgrade. He'd be an sure. upgrade, yeah. He can uh, play in a lot of different positions. Mm. He's um, very good below his, or his knees. Yep. Well, decent, decent kick on him. Decent kick, and, and that's not something that Tippett has been bad at. He's actually been really good below his knees mm. over his career. Yeah. It's just, they call him the tip truck because he turns like a truck. <laughs> he, he's built like a tank. He's built like a tank, turns like a truck. I reckon a bus could do a tighter turn than him at some times. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, it's, um, look, he's 2013. Those, I think he played 13, 14 games in 2013 when he came back from suspension. Average, so for, yeah, average like three goals a game or something like he that. Was he was fantastic. doing really well. He was, and then I remember at the time the Franklin rumors came out and I was sort of responsible for peddling them on the big footy forum <laughs> because I started the thread that said Franklin's going to come to Sydney. Yep, again yep, to Sydney. Yep. <laughs> so uh, I take a bit of responsibility for that. But um, I argued against it at the time mm. because I thought that it would actually put out reading to it. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, we haven't seen too many of like, all our big guys together at the same time. No, um, we, we did at the start of 2014. We saw yeah. Reed, Tippett, and Franklin in the same team. Yeah, and but now Sinclair's coming in as well. And yeah. It just hasn't really gelled together as well as we'd like by any means, by any stretch of the imagination. And it, over the course of not even 18 months, I'd say 14 months at most, uh, it's really created this really weird situation where Sinclair has a overtaken, clearly overtaken Tippett. As a forward, yeah. Not only as a forward, but I'd say as a rock. Mm. And he's even overtaken Naismith. It's debatable. Naismith mm. is definitely a better tap ruckman. Yeah. But when the ball is outside of you know, his immediate area, he's out of the contest. He doesn't go back, he doesn't go forward, he doesn't get goals, he barely marks the ball. And he, at times, he kind of plays like he's Ricky Mott reincarnated yeah true his, his kind of non-tap work stuff could definitely improve that's for sure but I mean I kind of have this image in my head of you know Naismith is our tap ruckman yeah kind of around the ground stuff Sinclair inside inside yeah um, exactly when he gets inside for D, he can take those hit outs um, but back to Tibbet where will he go and what can we get for him that's an interesting one my my best bet mm. is Melbourne oh, okay the reason why if they lose Watts, they're only going to have one key forward. And they don't have a lot of smaller forwards. Mm. And they've typically played one and a half, two tall forwards throughout a season. Being one in one game and two in another game. And not only that, typically can chop out the ruck. So Gaunt can go forward, typically can go in the ruck, hit out, you know, chop out's not, you know, solve a box of 50, 60 minutes. Yeah, yeah, true. There's talk of them going Gold Coast with Stuart Jew. I don't really see that happening because they've got Lynch, Lynch Peter Wright. Peter Wright. I mean, how tall would their forward line yeah, be? Yeah, they've it'd, got, a, they've got be, a four, good four, tall forwards as it is. It would be yeah. like three, four players over two metres. Unless they recruit him just as a ruck, which would be risky as. Yeah, he, he would be an improvement on what they've got. Yeah, because who have they got? Tom Nichols. Um, and um, he struggles through injury himself. So. Yeah, yeah. Look, uh, There's also a little bit of talk about him going to Rio. That was yes. that was a while ago. That was yeah, it was a long um, time ago. Yeah, I think I think those talks have fizzled out since then. But I think that was just more rumours of yeah, where will they fit in based on list needs or based of on list needs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like they don't really have a forward line. Um, Taberner's looking like he's going to go. Um, yeah, he's disappointed. Um, so they've got they certainly have 
free metal themselves have list issues, but I don't know. Uh, if we can't move him, we're stuck with him. That's a bit of a shame, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And even then, I think the Swans might have to pay a little bit of his salary to move him on. I, I wouldn't be too. I wouldn't be too disappointed if we had to do that, to be honest. No, I think it's um, it's a good chance of good chance of that happening. So, but uh, yeah, look, the the tip discussion. It's a um, it's a long one. We've been talking about it on the podcast for best part of the year. Best part of the year, yeah, yeah. Since pretty much, I think the first episode, maybe mm. the second episode. I know you're on the uh, first one. Yeah, yeah. And first pretty one, yeah. sure we talked about Tippett then. So. Yeah, yeah. I think that was my first article. <laughs> on, was about Kurt Tippett. So. Wait, was it um, layoff Tippett or something? Something like that. Yeah. yeah I've, and I've then, cut off him since then. <laughs> and then he uh, his next game was an absolute howler where he just injured himself. Just within proved, the first Just quarter. proved me wrong. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, where are we? Back to Essendon. Because they've been the big movers this, uh, uh, well, trade period hasn't even started yet, but they're the uh, big ones so far. Yep, yep. Three big names uh, links with them. Yes, we've got Jake Stringer from the Bulldogs. Uh, we've got Devin Smith from the Giants. And we've got Adam Sard from the Suns. All those guys would be best 22 players. All of those guys would improve their yes. overall chances. Yes. That I would think with those three players, they would not only be a lot for top eight, but I reckon they could push top five, top six, and on an yeah, outside chance for top four. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I reckon that's how good they are. However, big if. The big if is if Jack Stringer can actually put it together. Yeah, that's a big question. I mean, there's all the stuff, like heaps of off-field stuff. Um, happening for those who don't know, his uh, ex-wife uh, has two kids with her. Uh, came public with uh, heaps of misdemeanors sleeping yes. with everyone. Yes, um, not yes. Misdemeanors are misdemeanors probably a light way to put it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's. I think that's seen just the media furor around his trade prospects just skyrocket even more, I think. Absolutely. Hello. Sorry, Dom just walked past. <laughs> <laughs> and Miles, look, um, what do you make of the Essendon situation, mate? Yeah. Agreed. Yep. Tip. Uh, Tip him. What do you? He went. Um, he wasn't top. No, but he went. Reason was he late or early? I thought it was pretty late, wasn't he? Um. He's, he was drafted from a VFL team. I think it was a rookie draft pick. Yeah. Um, well, but, you're you're definitely the draft man ahead of us. Yeah, no, he wasn't. He wasn't. <laughs> he wasn't top five in the national draft by any means. Um, oh, he no. was, but there was uh, Francis Aaron Francis yeah, who was pick Adam, six. Yep, yep. Uh, a couple of years back, and he's one he, uh, recently said he wants to leave Essendon, wants to go to South Australia. So, and I think there was another young one as well. Um, Twenty-one years old or something. 
Yeah. Was that Francis I'm thinking of? Yeah, it might be Francis. But yeah, yeah. there was um, like Laverde or Langford who were kind of that sort of 15, 20 mark. The not Will Langford, the other Langford? Yeah, yeah, the, the other Langford, yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Laverde and. Yeah, it's not like that anyway. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah, it's a it's a really good point, and at the same time, you kind of have to wonder about the, I guess, the rumors themselves. How much of it was a bit out of spite, but yeah. if they all work out to be true, yeah, and if they're all true, then he's a risky prospect. Definitely, and I mean, true, and yeah. Western Bulldogs said that as well. They came out saying, oh. We want to put this guy on the trade table. He's got character issues off with, like, work ethic sort of yeah. stuff. They, they came out saying that. And now Jason McCartney, the list manager, is saying that, oh, we want a first-round draft pick for him and a higher one. Like, They're not going to get it. No. They, they kind of shot themselves in the foot by doing it, I think, in terms of a... He might have got it originally. I think the AFL industry uh, would certainly know a lot more about this than yeah. the public does. Oh, definitely. And I, his manager would have had to have given a little bit of information, but I think the Bombers, the Cats, um, and who else? There's, there's one more. I can't remember who it was. Who's after Stringer? Yeah, there's rumoured one more team. I know it was um, the Cats and Bombers. They were the big two, but Carlson might have been Cohen, in there. Yeah. Yeah. But they would have done their due diligence to begin with, and they would have known um, the risk factor associated with him. Yeah. Is he worth, now, is he worth a uh, first round pick uh, if he was performing? Even if he had all these background issues and he was performing regularly. Oh, definitely. He, yeah. was, he was like top three or something in the Coleman a couple of years ago. He was all Australian really? at the age of 45, 50 goals. Yeah, yeah, he's a damn good player when he's on, that's for sure. He's just been off for a very long time. Yeah, maybe the change of club will do him good, similar to maybe Jack Watts. I just think it's um, a bit of a Melbourne bubble issue. But yeah, go ahead, Miles. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is. And what do you what do you think, Stephen? Yeah, and just this draft compared to other ones, I don't think the depth's quite as there, especially compared to yeah. next year. And I've heard uh, that a fair bit as well. Yeah, like you know, a pick in the thirties this year might be kind of similar to a pick forty five in previous years, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, there just isn't quite the depth there that there has been in previous years, so that might uh, you might see that influencing the trade thing. People trying to hold yep. on to their I think it, I think it will too. Um, I think not only for Sydney because Sydney have to look to the future, mm, and they have to make sure they have points next year so they don't have to go into deficit the following year. Nick Blakey. Yeah, Nick Blakey. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so that's something the Swans have to be mindful of. But at the same time, one of our regular columnists, um, Brendan Weller, he's a trade follower himself. Mm. And he's also mentioned the fact that the draft this year, it's pretty much, um, it's a lottery after round, or pick 30. Pretty much, yeah. So the first 10, they're good. They're not amazing, but they're good quality. After that, it's a bit hit and miss. And then after 30, it's, um, whatever you get. Rolling you might luck out. Yeah, rolling the dice big time. So then the next one, 
Devin Smith, and I was pretty surprised that he missed out on uh, on the finals. Yeah, he's. Um, I think he's just been one of those guys who's suffered because he. I think he plays his best in the midfield and is can't do that at GWS uh, with the you know star side of uh, midfield. Um, I heard one of my a mate of mine um, who's an avid Giants fan. Um, he was like, he's a bit. He kind of described him as a bit of a selfish player, like they cheer whenever he handballs on like an yep. inside point fifty. Um, <laughs> so I mean, look, he, if if he gets that midfield opportunity at the Bombers, which he probably should, yeah, uh, he could. He'll definitely uh, improve his game compared to this year. He's also had a couple of injury problems as well. So yeah. a new start would do him good, and I don't really blame him for the mornings ago. Yeah, me neither, to be honest. And um, Miles, what about yourself? Yeah, definitely. And I think in terms of what is worth, oh, no, drinks. <laughs> in terms of what he'd be worth, you'd probably be thinking early second round draft pick for the Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd even think um, if they swap picks any, anywhere in the second round, he, um, he was in and out of the giant side. He's a good player. Oh, definitely, yeah. And um, I mean, he'd be, if we had him at the Swans, he'd still probably get games. Oh, yeah, he'd fit into most other yeah. teams' best teams pretty easily. So, yeah, I reckon a second round. Um, thanks, Penny. Thank you for your comment. Hey. Love you too. <laughs> <laughs> now, the uh, last one uh, is Adam Saad. So, I don't really know much about this one. All I know is short, it's quick, and he plays off the halfback flank. Yeah, that's pretty much That's pretty much it, yeah. Um, <laughs> I've one of my bombers mates. I've been having a chat with about Adam Saad, and he really wants this guy for the sole reason that it would allow uh, McGrath to go into the midfield. Yep. Uh, that's, and I'm sure that's something the uh, the bombers would be wanting. Uh, he absolutely owned it on half back, so he did. Yeah. Why not give him that uh, midfield rotation? And Saad is, I don't know, he's he doesn't really star too much, but he's a, one of those really de- dependable kind of. Guys yeah. give you that run out of halfback. Yeah. Some, and sometimes he can kind of drop out a bit. But, again, he, I mean, I think who was it? It was the Suns list manager who said that... Um, is that Marcus Ashcroft? Marcus Ashcroft? Oh, I'm not sure. I saw, I don't, it is, is it? Is it? Yeah. yeah. So I, I saw a tweet. I saw another tweet today from AFL Trade Radio. Thanks, guys. The bleeps <laughs> on my phone keep coming and coming. Um, but, yeah, they said they wanted, like, a... I think they said a either a first-round draft pick or, like, a best 18 player. So they're obviously asking for overs, I think. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think, again, a second-round draft pick ought to do it. Yeah. Um, just because he is pretty consistent in that way. Yep. Uh, and Miles?
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I did have a comment that came in um, on Twitter today. Yeah. And it was also someone mentioned the fact that they really wanted to get Adam Side uh, at this once. If we okay. could get him, they should go for him. So my response to that was, I don't mind him, but we've already got a pretty small team as it is. Mm. We don't have like a lot of big players. Not that we need to have big players, but he is a bit on the small side. And we also have someone in our reserves team by the name mm. of Sam Murray. Yeah. He's quicker, and his delivery inside 50, what I've seen in the reserves, has been at times lethal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a... It, you kind of have to take a bit of a pump when you move someone from yeah. reserves into the seniors. But, yeah, I mean... To be honest, I don't see like rebounding halfbacks as kind of something we really need at the moment. I mean, we've put no. Nick Newman in this year, and he's settled in pretty well. I mean, he's been up in attack sometimes, but really his best spot's kind of halfback sort of exactly. sort of thing. And I think once McVeigh has moved on and he's finished up his career, that's when Newman will fit in. Yeah, and he's uh, he's a pretty good tempo player. Mm. He's pretty good defensively too. Uh, he yeah. had that um, intercept against. Um, Round against uh, Richmond. Ah, uh, yes, Essendon. yes. It was against Richmond, yeah. Mm. It was against Richmond. And he won the ball. I, I can't remember who it was against. And then he uh, won the ball. He kicked it up the field. And we got a goal. And that was, a, that was the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter. Goal. Yeah. yeah, right with about four, three minutes left to go. Mm. Three, four minutes left yeah. to go. And then um, Rowan got the sealer with 30, 13 seconds, 14 yeah. seconds left. Um, so I do see Newman definitely in the back line. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, look, I mean, I, I don't see us being too active in the trade period at all, to be honest. Um, no. Unless we're going for future picks to make sure we get uh, Nick Blakey. So for those who don't know, Nick Blakey, he's a what, 196 centimetre key forward. Um, he's basically going to be our buddy replacement. Once Buddy yep. goes, which he's what... 30 now, isn't he, buddy? Oh, uh, yeah, 30. Yeah. yeah. Um, yep. Once once he goes, Blakey will be at that peak age where he can just go in and dominate. He's uh, playing in the under-18 uh, championships, so all the draftees this year. This guy's playing and he's a year younger than them. He's kicking goals and doing all that sort of thing as well for the yep. Allies. So he's been better than the rest of his age group for quite a while now. He will be a top... Probably a top five pick. Yeah, definitely easily year. top five. So we're going to have to stockpile the draft picks. And not next only year. that, yeah. but he qualifies oh. father and son at two different clubs: yeah. North Melbourne and Brisbane. Yeah. So they will. Brisbane will most likely be bottom two next year, and North weird. Melbourne both of them will be bottom two next year. I've got no yeah. doubt about that. Yeah. And they're definitely going to try and go for it. Yeah, without a doubt. Just the same as um, Bruce did with Melbourne, I think 2014. Yeah, with um, with Eni. Yeah. But I mean, from from all I've heard, um, Blakey loves it at the Swans. He's been in the academy for a few years now. Um, so we get a bigger discount anyway. I think father and son is 10%, 10-15%. Uh, I'm not sure about the difference between father and son and academy. I think academy is about 5 to 10% more. Okay. I might be wrong, but I'm sure that yeah. academy has a bigger discount. Yeah. Miles, you know if I'm right or wrong? 
now um, Bonnie. She's a, she's a favourite on the Swan Squad. She's asked me this before on, on Messenger a couple of times. Now, uh, when will you be approaching Lee Matthews to be on the podcast? Well, Bonnie, I sent him a, a tweet and um, I tried to look up his profile and I'm pretty sure it said, contact his media manager if you want to get him on anything. <laughs> <laughs> now, oh I'm going to say big thank you to the two people so far who have been kind enough to donate to us. But uh, if we want Lee Matthews on the on the podcast, I'm guessing we're going to need about maybe one or two hundred more people to donate. Yeah, a bit of cash might be needed. Yeah, I reckon not just a bit. Uh, yeah, yes. Yeah, so, oh, he'd be great to have on. Oh, he'd be he'd be fantastic. Yeah. But his his media commitments um, just about every day. Yeah, he's just everywhere. So now, well, Lee, if you're watching this, good day, mate. Yeah, good day. Yeah, come on in. We yeah. love you. Yeah. <laughs> Now, um, the very first uh, free agent was signed today. Yeah, yeah, And you guys both brought this to my attention because I was um, hard at work. And believe it or not, it is the guy. What about BT? What, Brian Taylor? Yeah. Um, I, I don't think I'll be able to be Wowie. on that podcast. So I, no, 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 no. I'll just be yelling <laughs> things at him. I'm not sure it wouldn't be coherent. It'd just be like no. him commentating the footy. I'd just be yelling random things. Well, the, fun, <laughs> the funny thing is, uh, he did an interview not too long ago where he said, someone asked him about his antics, and yeah. he said, it's just mostly entertainment. Yeah, yeah, of course. And he's asked to entertain. Yeah. Um, you just wonder, though, if he wasn't asked to entertain, if he'd still do it. My guess is yes. Yeah, he'd be leaning towards it, it, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> now, on to uh, Jackson Trengove. So, he is officially a Western Bulldogs player. So, this is yeah. made official. Yep. yep. So, Western Bulldogs um, pitched for him for 500000 for four years. Now... That's actually changed. It's to yeah. three years now, is it's it? It's three years now. Right, so uh, scrub the, the four years. And um, you can't see me, but I'm trying to scribble it off on the computer. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, 500 k over three years. Um, now, with the whole compensation for free agents, this is a bit of a... Um, bit of a contentious issue because uh, a mate of mine. I didn't check it myself. I probably sh- should double double check. But uh, if if he did stay for the four years, there's this whole formula which determines what compensation you get. Um, if if you lose someone as a free agent, and as you can see on your screens, Port Adelaide would have got the start of second round draft pick, and because of the Lockie Whitfield thing, uh, that means. The Port Adelaide we've got pick eighteen for Jackson Trango, which is absolutely ridiculous. There we go. There you go. Put that in that. So I don't know if you guys can see that, but um, yeah, yeah, hopefully it comes up. We've yeah tried to fix it. Um, so yeah, yeah, the, it's on. Oh, hey. So yeah, a start of second round draft pick for someone like Jackson Trango, who's an all right key defender, a makeshift ruckman. It's it's ridiculous. Um, but he's that's not, not he's not very good. No, he's not. He's not. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the Bulldogs are hoping for trying to get him. I I hope it's as a key defender and not as a ruckman. I, I don't know. I don't know about this trade at all. I don't think yeah. it's a good one. Um, but yeah, as it's only three years, not four. That compensation's now uh, pick thirty. Pick thirty. Yeah. Well, I better fix that. Um, which still is arguably bonus for him. 
And just as another kind of spanner in the works, because Port Adelaide uh, most likely you get Tom Rockliffe, if you get someone in, if you bring someone else in as a free agent, you don't actually get the compensation, so they won't get pick 30 at all. They'll just, yeah. they'll just, uh, they won't get any compensation for that at all. So, yeah, we, f- we fixed all that up. It's all it's all sorted, we, we think. <laughs> um, we'll just kind of cross our fingers and see what happens in 2018 yeah. and see who gets what. Um, but, yeah, I'm not sure what the, what the Bulldogs are hoping for. Maybe if they want someone like Marcus Adams to move forward. Um, I'm not too sure, but it's, yeah, good on Jackson for making the move. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, you said before that uh, he was on a bit of pay as well at yeah. Port Adelaide, so he was in a good wicket. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I think he was on more than 500,000 at Port Adelaide, which is ridiculous. I think when, when Port heard that he might be getting a four-year deal, um, yeah, you're not gonna, not even and, every and, year. And they might get pick eight for him. They might have just been like, "Holy <laughs> crap, later. who else can we get rid of?" <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just, yeah. yeah, it's just ridiculous. And I think with the new um, enterprise bargaining agreement for the players, their pays increased by about what twenty percent or something. Yeah, I'm so, not sure if the the kind of you know formulas and stuff for the free agency compensation have changed, but they really should because yep. beginning is just wrong. It is. It is. He's hoping that they bring in another player. <laughs> oh, no. Um, yeah, Tom Rockliffe's already about 90% there, I reckon. Oh, at um, Port Adelaide? At Port Adelaide. Port Adelaide. Yeah. Yep. yep. All right. Well, good luck to him. So, <laughs> uh, now the next one is this one is incredible. Um, I never thought I'd actually see this happen after the grand final. But Port Adelaide has, sorry, Adelaide Crows becoming a bit of a um, feeder club. Yeah, they are a little bit. Um, with I, a team who's made a grand final, what sort of culture is there that they have? That suddenly all these players links go, and I mean, you see Rory Sloan up there. That's and this uh, one won't go away. It won't, and it should because I laughed at it the first time I saw it. No. What, what happened? What happened was okay, right. <laughs> so here's what happened: Terry Wallace. He is something I can't say. In public, in sure decent can. company, he's a bit of a flog. Oh, he's a big flog. <laughs> he he said on trade radio. So Collingwood have a new list manager. He's a yep. guy, big guy. And before he was doing this, he was uh, a player manager. He was managing. Oh yes, this Devin is right. Smith, yes. yep. Jake Lever, and Rory Sloan yep. as, uh, as names. And uh, he went to well, where did he go? To Melbourne, uh, or The big guy. Yeah, the new. So it was Jake Lever's manager is now becoming a list manager at Collingwood. At Collingwood. Yeah. So yeah. this is this is why. The, yeah. And so Terry Wallace has said, "Oh, the Rory Sloan's managers now because Collingwood's list there, manager. Yeah. Oh, I reckon there's something there." And everyone's so run it. everyone's running on it because you know it gets clicks and stuff. But a this guy managed other players as well. Why is it they talk about Lever and yeah. Smith and stuff going to Collingwood? And Nothing else has been said about it. It's just the ramblings of Muddy Terry Wallace and yep. people Terry are jumping Chan. on it. I mean, <laughs> look, he might go at some point, maybe next year. Like that was what some people said. I think as people trying to mellow Terry down a bit. But I mean, he's what? He's a he's a 
vice captain. He's their kind of talisman yeah. midfielder. He's um, it's, he's almost the image of Adelaide. To be honest. Yeah, pretty much. And I think something like that would be a bigger move, like in terms of impact on a club. That would be huge. It would be equivalent to Buddy leaving Hawthorne. Yeah, but I think, uh, I think this is bigger. Yeah, I, honestly, yeah. honestly, I would say this is like Judd leaving the Eagles. Yeah, that that's where I'd compare it to. And after Judd left the Eagles, they went the same. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And if Sloan was to leave the Crows, they wouldn't be the same. Yeah, they've got good midfielders, but uh, you just got to think those mids then get picked up. Yeah, thank and, you. Um, thank you. There we go. The bus is gone. Um, Miles, um, what do you think, mate? I think the talk that Gibbs uh, might finally get to Adelaide after what two or three years of trying to get him there. Um, I think it's that kind of idea that I think it might have made a difference in the um, in the grand final as well. That Adelaide just needed that extra star midfielder just to uh, get them, just to kind of get them over the line. Um, but yeah, I think losing Sloan to get like slow now Gibbs in you're in the negative there but Gibbs just <laughs> not even Gibbs, Gibbs has had a great year uh, in 2016 2017 but yep. he had two good years he's yeah. a, but he's a defensive midfielder he's not he's not defensive in the way that all he does is tag but he is defensive in the way that he runs defensively he positions himself defensively he plays more from behind the ball yep. um, so he's a bit like a halfback and Sloane's almost like uh, an attacking if you, if we're oh, talking, he's pretty good both ways, Sloane is, good. yeah. But if we're talking... Wait, okay, let's talk soccer terms, because yep. that can break it down into positions yep. and roles really easily. So Gibbs is like the holding midfielder. Yep. He's a defensive player, he sits behind the ball, and he distributes. That's what he does every single game. He plays a cut behind the ball, distributes, wins his own ball, goes forward. Mm. But he's not an attacking player. Sloane, he's like your centre midfielder who runs up and down and can switch into attacking midfield mode and he's creative with the ball mm. his vision is superb and he kicks goals and sets players up yeah the strength around the ball is great as well yeah now if you lose him and you bring in Gibbs then forget about um, Crouch he's going to get tagged until there's no end both of them yeah. both of them <laughs> yeah and you know their midfield will shut down uh, so they and that was the thing this year wasn't it shut down Sloan and shut down Adelaide that was the thing for the, uh, the beginning of this year at least I mean they did get yep. better as time went on but geez losing Sloan that made such an impact on them yeah absolutely and uh, look the next one Jake Lever this one oh. was always known that he was going to leave yeah Adelaide have chucked a massive hissy fit anyway I don't know why like, yeah. because he was always going to leave <laughs> but uh, yeah it really is just weird and there was a there was, was breaking news tonight. Um, hardly breaking, well, hardly, but yeah. Well, he's been. He said <laughs> they've said don't bother coming to the best and fairest. Well, of course, don't bother. Yeah. Coming. He's, called, like, he's called all his team. 
He wasn't going. Well, he, you know, he probably wasn't anyway. But he like, called all his teammates and said, "I'm not coming. I'm not going to be here did next a, year." Did a cut tip it. Yeah, <laughs> and then and Tex is pretty much told him to go fuck himself. Yeah. Well, it would be pretty awkward, wouldn't it? And I think whenever his name's mentioned, which, yeah, this is, which this it is, will be. I mean, this is Tex on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oi. Well, uh, but yeah, I mean, look, he'll he'll <laughs> end up at Melbourne. Um, they'll make it happen because. I, Imagine if it didn't like it didn't fall through or something. <laughs> off to the rookie draft. Off to the, off to the draft for him. Yeah. Oh. oh no, not even the rookie. He'd be on the, the um, what's it called preseason preseason draft. Yeah. Oh my god, he would end up wherever the hell he ends up. Yeah, which is yeah. going to be Brisbane. Oh. That would be perfect. The, Adelaide's like no, I'm not trading. The karma, out. the karma, karma, oh. karma bus. That's great. <laughs> and then he'd probably try and price himself out. Oh, I'm going to give myself a 700 grand contract, and no one picks him up. Yeah, 700 grand for a 30 year player. Is... Who's played like. Has he played 50 games yet? I don't think don't he's think played so, 50 nah, games. Nah. And he's. He's good. He's good and he shows promise, but. All he has to have is one bad injury. Yeah, one bad injury, a couple of bad games, and suddenly. It all falls off. Yeah. It's. It's not a stringer level of taking a punt, but. <laughs> no. there, there is risk in taking him, I reckon. Yeah, there is. Um, his head could already be turned. Uh, and he might just be, he might be going for the cash. Um, he's connected here in Melbourne, though, isn't he? Yeah, well, he's uh, he's from country Victoria. So uh, that would make sense. But yeah. why he's picked Melbourne? Yeah, why he's picked Melbourne? Why out of because yeah. the argument's been made that if he wants to go back to Melbourne, fine. There's what ten Melbourne there's clubs, ten Victorian clubs, yeah. ten Victorian clubs. Then it should be Adelaide's job to get the best deal they can from any of those ten clubs. But yep. No, Lever says he wants to go to Melbourne, so yep. they have to make... I'm not sure why that's the case, like, or why that should be the case, that, you know, the players get to pick which one they go to. And, I mean, if there's a good relationship between the player and the club, then, sure, that can work out. Yep. But, yeah. Yeah, look, um, I reckon Melbourne... Sorry, not Melbourne. Adelaide. Mm. Adelaide need to do the same thing Gold Coast had done. And, because uh, Gold Coast went through... Oh, going through the same thing with Gary Upland at the moment. They basically need to say, this is what we want in exchange. If we don't get it, we'll do what we say. So Gary Ablett, he might not even uh, move in the, tra- in the trade period. He might still be stuck up on the coast. Yeah, in which case he might retire, I think it is. Yeah, so. yeah. But he'll retire, which means he won't play out the final year at Gold Coast, and then he'll just um, come out of retirement and, go and try and go to Geelong. Absolutely, Hodge. Oh, yeah, but that's different. Look, it, oh, it's very different, yeah, he, yeah. If he wanted to go to Brisbane, he would have just said, send me to Brisbane. Yeah, yeah. And, they, and all of them would have gone, no worries. Yeah. <laughs> He's a fifth-round pick. Done. Off you go. Thank you very much. You were very good for us. Yeah. We'll do whatever we can. But Ablett's two years in a row, and not even before then, it was obvious he didn't want to stay, but two years in a row, he's requested to be traded to Geelong. Yeah. So even if he retires, you know at the end of 2018, he's going to come out of retirement, and he's going to request it again. So he's going to go play Chickagickin League down in Geelong. Yep. In the, probably the VFL, or maybe even the lower league. Yeah, maybe just club footy. Yeah. Club footy. But he'll go and play, and then he'll put his hand up and say, oh, I can play again next year. And then if I was the Suns, I would tell him to get stuffed. Yeah, yeah. And force much. him into the draft. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which Brisbane will pick him up for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> to be back in Queensland, that would be brilliant. <laughs> I love it. I, I just look. I, I reckon these days, yeah, the yeah. Uh, player power's got to the point where it's just like 
No, this is, this is too no, far. No. Jake Lever saying, I want to play at Melbourne. And then his agent coming out and saying, he's only going to play at Melbourne. That is just way too much. Mm. And Miles, yeah. what do you think, mate? Yeah, agreed. I mean, it's, it speaks a lot about their culture, doesn't it? But it's kind of it's kind of open our eyes because we didn't. Re- there wasn't really much of this sort of talk around Adelaide prior to this. I mean, you had no. all the talk about how you know they're bonding get, bonding together after what happened to Phil Walsh. Then suddenly you get this, and it's like, oh, suddenly things aren't so rosy. Yeah. yeah. Now the last one. Oh, oh it's awful. a shocking one. It's a shocking one, but um, the Jake Lever one. He was always coming, but the last one, uh, and this one really surprised me. Charlie Cameron. Yeah, um, very. He's had a bit of a bit of a breakout the year this year, I think. Um, you know, taking a few flying marks, being effective up forward, uh, coming off a wing as well. He's been really good, but now suddenly, now he's uh, announced he wants to go to Brisbane Lions. Um, which is bizarre in itself. But... Which, yeah, um, who knows why, but, you know, good on him. <laughs> um, oh, is oh, he? Oh, okay, well, there no, you go. No, that we'll makes sense. It. Yeah. yeah. Um, Did not know that. <laughs> Probably should look that up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of surprised that, you know, there, there's been no talk about, you know, no talk from Adelaide saying, oh, why? There are secrets from Adelaide about Cameron yep. leaving, but... <laughs> Um, especially because, well, I'm not sure how out of the blue it is from um, Adelaide's perspective or Charlie Cameron's perspective, but um, he's certainly uh, made himself part of the best 22 and another big loss for Adelaide. And you kind of, with these three guys, I mean, let's assume Roy Sloan stays because it's a load of crap from Terry Wallace. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But with Lever and Cameron gone, <laughs> Say Gibbs comes in. How do we think Adelaide will go in 2018 in terms of ladder position? Uh, will they drop? Uh, yeah, yeah, they'll drop. They'll yeah. drop. They don't have. Um, they don't really have any defensive cover for Lever. Yeah, it's and Lever played the well. Yeah, oh, definitely is. Carl Chaney. Yeah, yeah. Chaney. Oh, but God, he's, right. he's not such a bad player. I mean, if he was available, I would take it for depth. Yeah, there's um, the talk is that there are two players uh, who might replace him in terms of that role, and that's Alex Keith, the yeah, uh, former yep. Big Blash guy who played a couple of games this year. Was not did... Stephen O'Keefe? No, no, um, <laughs> no, no, a bit old for that. Um, <laughs> a bit too drunk and womanizing. Yeah, yeah, that too. Um, but yeah, so Alex Keith, who played a few games, didn't look out of place, and Tom Doty, who was uh, I think. Adelaide took him with pick 15 or somewhere between 15 and yep. 20 uh, in the 2014 or 15 draft. Uh, hasn't played a game yet, but uh, I think led the league in the uh, SANFL for uh, intercept possessions. Yep. So in terms of role replacement, he'll be good for that. 
Um, and also, if you ever play any type of fantasy football, look at Tom Doty for your uh, defensive bench. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to admit that I don't really know much about Adelaide's list, but I do yeah. know that, um, like a lot of teams, um, including us as well, once you get past the starting sort of 22 to 25, yeah. uh, it starts to drop off. Uh, and defensively, yeah, they've, they've mm-hmm. got some big gaps. So Lever's a big problem. Um, Charlie Cameron losing him as a forward, that is a big problem. Yes, although one guy who will come in who hasn't played yeah. and he's kind of dropped off the radar a little bit, Wayne Miller. Yeah, yeah, He's a good type. Um, I reckon but he's, he's not Charlie Cameron. No, but he just, yeah. just, just, just see. Anyway, I've, I've got, I've got big raps on this. I've got big raps on this guy. Um, I, I, yeah, he's a he's a guy who's impressed me because I had a bit of a look at him like during his draft year and stuff. Um, big guy can his quality of handball is ridiculous. He can just make things happen um, on the outside, on the inside. He's just yep. one of those guys. So he might be able to do something up forward, but yeah, it's, it'll be it's a time of change for Adelaide, I reckon. Absolutely. Now, look, um, we're going to take a short break and uh, we're going to be right back and we're going to talk about the coaching changes and then we are going to go through the Bob Skeeton Awards and what we think is going to happen tonight. So, hang on. We're going to be right back at you.
Is he still with us, mate? Awesome, cool. We are back, and now we are inside the function room of the Rising Star Hotel. Rising That's what it looks like. It's set up for the swans. They have a bit of a function going with the live stream there. Yep. And in the background. <laughs> That's where it's all going to be. There you go. a good reason for that, because we started running out of battery. So, uh, <laughs> so, where were we? Cheers. Cheers indeed. Now, before that, we yeah. are onto our coach changes. So, it has been a pretty hectic off-season as far as um, coaching yeah, goes. We haven't been talked about much in terms of training players, but in terms of coaches, <laughs> yeah. they've been in and out like crazy, haven't they? They have. Uh, so, just a quick high level. Uh, Henry Playfair, he left. Uh, he announced it um, after the... Just after the, yeah. Within yeah. a couple of days. So he went to St Kilda. Is this some coach, yep. Yeah, Stuart Jew. He just won the Gold Coast Suns position. Which Congratulations, is fantastic. Him. I'm shattered as a Swans fan, but I'm, I'm thrilled for him. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he um, he really wanted to go to Melbourne originally. But, did he? Uh, yeah. He did, because Paul Rears offered him the, uh, oh, yeah. the same thing to Goodwin. Yeah. But um, Longmire and the Swans convinced him to stay. And they said, you know, stay, we'll make you senior coach. And he was a favourite for Brisbane last year. Yeah. Thankfully, he didn't go for him. Ah. And he's gone to Gold Coast this year. Now, yeah. I think it's a good thing because Gold Coast certainly has a better list than Brisbane. He that good. that should be playing a lot better than they are playing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so hopefully, with any luck, he'll convince, you know, uh, Ablett to stick around. <laughs> now, Josh Franco, that one was a surprise one. In a way, but not that surprising. Yeah, I mean... He's been around for a while. He has, he has. And I think... You know, the I'm not sure because I I don't know about you, but I've played around the trap. Like you know, quite a few Swans fans think that uh, sometimes the coaching's not quite up to scratch and oh, stuff. And yeah, well, um, you're not the only one. No, that. no, definitely not. Um, <laughs> and maybe this is a, maybe it's some sort of response to you know, shake up the system a bit. Yep. But, yep. Um, yeah, Josh gone to Adelaide. He has so best of luck to him. Yep. Um, so he's gone to the sinking ship. Mm. And uh, in that post, we have brought in Steve Johnson. He's going to take the forwards. And that was really long ago. And uh, always blow my trumpet about that. But we reported that back in uh, Middle East. Before, yeah, before it actually caught any traction. Um, and that was just off a little rumour itself. So I reported it in. And then um, Jeremy Laidler, he's retired. Uh, he was a fantastic servant for the clock. And he has joined the academy team. Along with Tykeno, yeah, great to have him. Great back. to have him back, and he's done extensive coaching himself since he left the Swans, and he's mm. done um, a bit of stuff over in Ireland. He's come back. Nick Davis has been promoted. Yep. So he's gone from academy to uh, managing the coaching and football of the academy. I think it is. Okay. Yeah. I can't remember the exact role. Yeah. And then Reece Shaw, he has been promoted from reserves to the senior team. Which leaves us with just Blakey, who's in a director manager position. He's not really a coach. Yeah. He's kind of like a football, football department manager. Something like that, yeah. And then Kirk is the only pre existing senior coach <laughs> next to part timers uh, Talbot, Talbot. Yeah, Talbot. Talbot and Lockett, who coaches once a week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. So basically, Kirk is like the de facto senior yeah. assistant. Yeah. And um, big one. Recently, he's been Cox. That'll be a great game for him. I mean, guys like um, Stevie J coming back in and uh, with his say what you will about him, you know, as a player yeah. and stuff. But 
in terms Absolutely. of his footy brain. There aren't many better. No, no, especially um, forward. Especially as a forward, he will yeah. teach our forwards to absolutely like. Yeah, I'm getting goosebumps here. I just love the idea of Lockett Johnson working with Papley, Rowan, Sinclair, Tippett, and Franklin. Yeah. Yeah, and Rose. Oh, yeah. I'll be getting him. But there's about 12 forwards, but, you know, yeah. we, we can yeah. chuck in Rose as well. Oh, Rose. Towers, yeah. Dawson. Oh, Shelby can't say Brandon Jack anymore. Brandon Jack. Oh, <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I think Reece Shaw, he was named the Summer Awards ceremony for um, AFL coaches association. Yes. Like, assistant of the year. I think he won that one. He did, which is fantastic. Yeah, it's great props for him. And, I mean, I think being promoted to, like, being a senior assistant is... Um, a good, um, you know, props for us, um, and you know, good signs for the future as well. I think. Absolutely. Uh, and another one, look, Bonnie's just asked us, which players do you think Geelong should trade out to get Gaz? And this has been long talked about. Mitch Duncan was first um, asked by, I guess, the Suns. The Suns originally said, "We want Mitch Duncan." Yeah. And there is Jamaica basically said they're ready to just let him go. They're almost ready to just cut him. And who was the other one? Um, the Kayakon too, I think. The Kayakon too, yeah. But that, that was, that's paying way over. So that's, that's Gold Coast really kind of yep. switching hard. And um, I think since then, though, they've, they've offered Gary Adler and Aaron Hall. His name's been thrown off yep. as well as kind of a, Yes, yes. Um, to get Duncan to Gold Coast. It's, I wouldn't do that trade. That, that's like it's it's pretty. It, that's robbing all to people and then not even paying Peter. No. <laughs> that is gone from. I don't know that rumor can't be right because that's gone from Gold Coast, you know, hanging out for the best possible to just go on. Let's just have, have our next best player for nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's just kind of throw all the sticks up here yep. and see where they land. <laughs> it sounds like um, Damian Barrett's been on Twitter again. <laughs> Now, uh, Miles, what do you think, mate? So it was um, Gary Ablett. Yep. So it was um, Bonnie asked, who should Geelong trade out for Gary Ablett if they want to bring him in? Yep. Um, Nakai Cockatoo as well. Yeah, Nakai Cockatoo was the name that's mentioned. And the other one, before we jump in, is Motlock is is pretty much guaranteed to get to Adelaide. Yeah, as a free agent. As a free agent, yeah. So, it's not much... And they won't get any currency. compensation either if they trade out. Yeah. Pretty sure. Pretty sure, yeah. Mm. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. You can't, yeah, you can't, um, yeah, I'm destroy your best 22, like one of your best couple of players just to get Gary Ablett back and he might he probably won't play a full yeah. season. Well, he might play 18, 20 games. Yeah, but he wouldn't be able to play a full season in midfield though. No, they wouldn't be bringing him in for midfield. Yeah. He'll, play a full line, yeah. Yeah. He'll go back to where he started his career, which is the forward line. Yeah. Um, 
just isn't physically capable of maintaining it anymore. Mm. Um, so that's a good question, Bonnie. Uh, yeah, thanks for that. that for uh, quite a while. Yeah. <laughs> now, back onto our coaching changes, it is. I can't recall the swans doing a clean out like this, and it's not like they've you know, swept the room and out goes the. Um, all the old bad wood. It's just a case of everyone's just gone. Yeah, yeah. There has been the kind of you know, changing of the guard almost, and it's not like yeah, the bad, you know, bad exit our club that are going or anything. These are all um, like Stewie who I absolutely love the guy. Um, he's a he's a bit of, he's a bit of a legend. Um, and Franco has been there for ages. Yep. And, um, well, they're all a part of the furniture. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Franco yeah. is a ten-year coach. Yeah. Oh, sorry, ten year ten years at the Swans. He was. Player for two years, coach also, for eight. Yeah. Yep. Stuart Jew has been at this one since 2010. Yeah. Uh, Franco, Franco, roughly about the same age. Mm. So, look, um, Domo Yank, uh, he's jumped in and he's asked us do you really think Kurt Tippett will go with Jude and Um So, we talked about that a little bit earlier on, and it basically comes down to Gold Coast have to cut players or they're looking at him as a rock. Those are the only two options. Mm. Uh, because they've got two tall of the forward line with Lynch and um, Wright. Peter Wright, yeah. And Nichols is a rock who has his own sort of knee issues, but um, that's where you're really looking. And... <laughs> it's hard to get a little bit loud here. Apologies yeah. for that. Just... Thanks, Josh. Yeah, we know it's a fair bit of background noise. Um, I'll try to speak up a bit. Yeah. <laughs> We're just hiding in the corner here, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, so, that's... Um, it's a good question, Damien. So for, um, as far as things go with coaching, what do you think about sort of coaching setup? Do you like Dean Cox coming in? In terms of uh, rucks and stoppages sort of thing, yep. uh, I think there's no one better. When he, when he was playing, he was ridiculous. Better than Sam Williams, I reckon. He was, he, and I said this, um, yeah. Easy, yeah. Easy, yeah. I reckon even if you put him at his prime against Sandlin's prime. Sandlin's win the hit-outs. As soon as the ball's on the ground, he's like another midfielder. Yeah, he, he was... I think he was... In terms of that period of time, he was one of the very few who could actually do that well. Yes, kind of yes. Rack up those numbers and actually act like a midfielder and you know, go for a kick goal sort of thing as well. To be honest, and I was surprised when I read back over his career that he was a rookie. His rookie pick back in 2000, yep. 2001. Yep. And by 2005, he was the premier elite ruckman competition he'd, 2000, by 2004 he'd overtaken Gardner and, and Gardner before his unfortunate you know, dalliance with the uh, substance indeed um, <laughs> he was he was a very good player himself and he went on to St Kilda I think it was and played in the Grand Finals yeah. in 2009 2000 he did yeah, yeah, like yeah it's yeah. a bit of a shadow of his former self yeah. now I think um, but he was uh, he was a very good player in his own yeah. and Dean Cox just gets going. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he'll be great for us, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I would say that Fox would most likely go down as probably one of the all-time greats, if not probably, arguably, the greatest rockman. And there's a lot of really good rockmen. Yeah. I think, um, is it, no, it's not really old, is it? No, from Western Australia? Uh, Polly Farmer. Oh, oh, there's Polly Farmer. Yeah, but, um, there's someone else's. Mike Pike. <laughs> yeah. Mm, yeah. Rick, Ricky Mott. Ricky Mott, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sean Wren. Um, 
Who else am I thinking of? Fox yeah. CB. Fox CB. No, 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 no. The guy from Geelong. Shane Mumford. Shane. No, not Shane Mumford. <laughs> Chambers. He's an all-time. All-time great. But yeah, don't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a bit of background noise. Yeah, well, I just... That's all right. That's we'll, all right. we'll keep going. We'll keep Everyone's going. Everyone's join in. Say hello. We'll just we'll just get our faces in a bit closer. All that sort of thing. Closer to the mic. Now, um, I I hope yeah. that the Dean Cox one comes through. Yep, Let me definitely. Just this around. Yep. And I did say in the um, in the article that as far as I've seen, there has been none better as soon as the ball hits the ground as far as midfielders go. Yeah, the only question is whether that can transfer from like on the field brilliance to yeah. be able to do it from in the coaching box. That's um, well, the reports from West West Coast was that as a coach, he was a very good coach, hmm. but maybe he's asking for us too much. Maybe. maybe the role he wanted, they already had given it to someone else, and they didn't want to give it to him. Yeah, yeah. So, look, that's an interesting one. And uh, Miles, um, anything you want to add there? Just thinking about it before, I agree. Nankivus, the way he played in the grand final, was a little bit like what Fox used to play. Um, I was kind of thinking Mumford in a way, but um, just that pressure and tackling. The pressure and the tackling, yeah. not really. But the but. one who <laughs> there's two, mm. two players. There's Max Gorn, yep. who is nearly, I would say, quiet, but he's kind of like influential in in the regards to how Melbourne plays. He's as influential for them as Cox was for the Eagles. And the other one is Goldstein. And although both of them um, had more hit-outs than Cox in his career, as far as like his influence around the ground goes, Cox was... I mean, it was... What was it? Kerr, Cousins, Cox, Judd. Judd, yeah, those were, those were the kind of... Missing one. Any one of those guys, they lose. You're basically guaranteed to lose. Yeah. And that's how good they were. Now, we do have a couple of questions. Damo Young... Uh, Damon Yank, brother, asked, Ruck isn't his strongest suit. I was about to tip it up. Yeah, yeah, tip it. Yeah, so definitely agree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't guess one. No, no, no. no. Um, and that was when we'll talk about Nicholas. So yeah. he, last year, for the first 10, 11 rounds, um, he looked pretty good, very solid. Not great, but, you know, a good solid 30-32 hit out player until he um, blew up his hamstring. Yeah, I think he's... He hasn't recovered. He's struggled a bit, like, off-field yeah. and stuff, just um, getting the kind of work ethic and all that sort of thing as well. Absolutely. He's struggling with that, yeah. Now, Josh has asked, what do we think about Hannah Brizios? Uh He said he thought it was consistent, but not his best. Now, we are going to actually talk about him later on, and just to give you a... Bit of a heads up. Bit of a heads up. This is a bit of a preview of what we think about about it. So we'll get to you, Josh. Don't worry about that. And um, and the other one is is Miles supposed to be on the mic? He's not coming through. Oh, he's coming through. Yeah, he's, he just doesn't talk much. <laughs> so Miles, want to say hello? <laughs> Yeah, it's just buddy yeah. interrupt us. Yeah. Yeah. Just just you know, tell us to shut up and that's about it. 
Now, uh, yeah, yeah, so good. Now, we're going to go into our uh, 2016 review of the yep. Awards. So, the Rising Star, uh, I had to guess at this because I couldn't find it on my course, so I'm pretty sure it was Callum Mills. You could, you could take a part. I mean, we had heaps yeah. of, um, we actually had heaps of debutants that year. Uh, Hewitt, Papley, Mills, Elias, Hiscox. I think Naismith debuted that year Mace, as well. No, no, he was 2014. Oh, no, true. Yep. But he, yeah. No, he only played Nicobus. that one game. Yeah, yeah. Well, that would have been ironic to give it to Nicobus. Oh, they don't give it. But no, I think, don't think he could give it to yep. anyone else. <laughs> Players Player of the Year, Lance Franklin. Yep. He was genuinely surprised in the night to win it. Yeah. I thought that was fantastic. So, the players play of the year, that's when the players give it a 3-2-1 yep. after each match? The same as the AFLPA award. So, yeah. AFLPA, they nominate. Uh, at the end of each match, they all give 3-2-1 to every other player. So, so, I think it's the same as how the AFLPA do theirs once they got the nominations. Yeah. Most improved was Aaliyah Aaliyah. I completely agree with that. He was phenomenal. Yeah. Yep. Um, I would go as far to say we lost the grand final because he didn't play. Yeah, that's that, you can make a point. You can make guys that. Um, player of the finals was tied between Brunny and Kennedy, and they were both superb. Yeah. Uh, Henny was fantastic as well. Yeah, Brunny. Um, Brunny was last year. He was only beaten once all year in terms yeah. of one on one, and that yeah. was against Ben Griffiths of all people oh. in that Richmond game um, when oh. Sam Lloyd won on the siren. That was a terrible game. <laughs> um, I was, was there. Unfortunately, that was more. Um, yeah. Ted having a little bit of a nightmare. Well, true, but no, he was. He was. Just make tough But yeah, that was the only game all year that Keith Grundy had a bit of a shocker. Um, I think Ben Griffiths got six on him. Yeah. Other than that, he has been absolutely brilliant. And um, Alex Johnson, Clubman of the Year. Yep. That was um, about as guaranteed as he's ever going to get. Yeah, I'm making too much case against that, can you? Yeah, no, exactly. He uh, kept on battling through. He went through another knee reconstruction the other year. He went through another one again afterwards for his fifth one. Yeah, and he finally played. Yeah, his work ethic and yep. just willingness to keep going at it. Yeah, absolutely. Cannot cannot argue with his career with that. And then Josh Kennedy won his third best and first. So. Legend of the club, Legend I think of the he club right, to, yeah. and now as captain as well. Yep. Yeah. He might not have enough years in him to reach Bob Skilton's level. <laughs> not many good, I think. No. And um, I mean, Bob Skilton was a cut above. And uh, who won the Grand Rose as well? Uh, yeah, two. Two, yep. Um, Kennedy is definitely going to go down as one of our best players. There's no yep. question about that. I think he's just a bit unlucky that he may not actually eventually win. Despite the fact that he's been head and shoulders, um, he's been top five last been, couple of years. Hasn't he, he has, yeah. yeah. He's been top five last two years. Yeah. He's been cut above every other midfielder, but it's more. Is it? Um, you have Dangerfield winning it, and all he ever did was explode out of a pack and hat kick it forward. Yeah, um, they're, they're a bit more flashy. Yeah. And um, Dustin Martin won it. He deserved to win it. Oh, he's yeah. by far the best player. Is that a. Yeah, one of those years to remember. Yeah, he did. And I kind of look back at the awards when Haynes um, won it. It's just uh, an accumulator. It's uh, a fella from the West Coast. I'll see him with you um, Brutus. Brutus. Brutus is a great guy. Mm. But, I mean, you don't get around like the guy who gets there. Yeah, was a match. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, look... Um, I really do wish he wins a brown line in the next couple of years. I think it'll be very well deserved. Yeah. Now, Bonnie has asked, if you could have any two players 
from any club to come to Sydney, who would it be? So you pick one each. Uh, yeah, you pick one. I'll pick one. Um, all right, I'm gonna pick one, and it's a bit of a bit of a cop out because it's a pretty easy choice. Yep. But this guy could have been a swan. Yeah, like, so two months. About. Yep, yep. Dusty Martin. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I think the rules were you had to because he was living in Sydney and he was playing club footy in Sydney, and he was that close to being an academy pick for us, being eligible for the academy. Yep. But you had to live in Sydney for two years, minimum, I think, was the cutoff. Yep. And he was two months short, and yep. he moved back, and the rest, they, the rest they say is history. The Swans still trying to pick him up. We tried to, yeah. Yep. yeah. Just couldn't get him in the draft. No. Um, for me, I... It's a, it's a tough one. Yeah, what uh, position do you go for? It's a, it's a tough one. Yeah. Really tough do you go one. for a key forward? Or? No, I don't. I think we're good for Star midfielder? No. You've already got Dustin Martin. Key defender? Yeah, maybe. I'm kind of toss, I'm tossing up between Vaughan or Rance. Those two. Yeah, that's fair um, enough. Because Grundy, he's a crack player, uh, but uh, he's not going to be around forever. Yeah. And we do have some good young kids, but uh, to be honest, if we had to pick a player to win next season's premiership, that's one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I said I said earlier in the light in the slide podcast that we are we probably won't going to be that active during the trade period. Yeah, but if we were, well, yeah. Um, but if we had to go in any particular area, I would get a key defender to help out Pete Brundy until and to hold the fort till Melton and Lee are good enough to do it themselves. Yes. Uh, and a first quality ruckman to basically improve basement on. Yes, agreed. Um, and that's, prob- that's probably it, I think, in terms of real list needs. We do have a pretty short defense. Uh, Rampy yeah. is quite often undersized. Um, he's his forwards. Yeah, he can play. He can play taller, taller and shorter. Yeah. But the matchup against Dangerfield in the semi-finals was one that. I was, tell- I was telling you on the night, yeah. this is not one I like, it's not no. going to end one. No. And when Smith pretty. went to Dangerfield, Dangerfield had maybe three touches in the ball line since. And even though Dangerfield's got you know, ten, 10 yards pace on him, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Smith knew where to run, knew how to block him, knew how to defend him, uh, and he just didn't get near it. Yeah. Now, uh, if we just have a quick look at our boards that are going to be done for this year. Mm. So we've got our rising star, our player's player of the year, and we're going to go through each of these after we go through the profiles, and we're going to predict who we think is going to get them. We've got our most improved, our player of the finals, our clubman of the year, and finally our bobskip medal. Now, with the player of the finals, the Swans have to play at least two finals, and it can be argued they played only one. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, tempted to, I'm tempted to skip it, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I really was, like, drawing a long bow. Yeah. While your drink is strong bow, I was drawing a real long bow today, trying to think about... Drink responsibly, ladies Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, wait, wait. Me, uh, oh, yeah. There we go. Drink responsibly. Drink responsibly, yep. <laughs> Thanks to the Rising Sun for having us. Yep, definitely. Um... Uh, yeah, there was a really tough one. Uh, Kennedy was head and shoulders the best in the first game, but yeah, he was nowhere near the best in the second game. So I honestly think it could be another tie, another tie medal. Yeah. So let's have a look. We've got uh, seven profiles, and we're going to have a look at our first profile, which is Lance Franklin, gold medalist. Now, I hope you guys at least had a quick look at the preview. I mean. We don't really have to go through it again, but uh, as far as seasons go, this was 
one of his best, if not his best. At times, he blew hot and cold. He wasn't kicking three goals a game every game. Uh, he went through patches where he was kicking one goal and going goals. But then you'd have patches where he was going ham and kicking 10, 12, 14 goals a game. Yeah, that game against Carlson was certainly one to yep. He was just everywhere and doing everything. Um, but even when he wasn't kicking goals, his work up the ground um, oh, yeah. was, was amazing. That Richmond game. Um, <laughs> drink and drive. Yeah, thanks, Josh. Oh, thanks, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, that don't drink and get on a tram. <laughs> no, true. Oh, God, the going to be fun. Um, but yeah, that Richmond game, uh, Rance and Buddy, they were having a battle for the ages and it was pretty close. Yep. Maybe Rance just had the edge. But then Longmire moved Buddy up onto a wing. Yep. And things just changed from there. And that was when we managed to go over the top of them and win that. So he doesn't have to kick goals to be an absolute gun. No, but his influence, I think uh, Hawthorne in 2013 played him higher up on the wing, forward yep. flank, and his influence and output dropped. He still kicked goals, I think it was like 50, 60 goals, yeah. because he kept coming forward. But, yeah, Rance definitely had the acting skills and people were clamouring for him to be suspended after, yeah. retrospectively suspended, which we all agreed with. Don't get, don't get us wrong. I was, I was saying that in the Richmond Cheers in squad. The Richmond I, was, Cheers, yeah. I had a few drinks. <laughs> I didn't have much regard for my life. Yep. I was... A, it was a dangerous move and I do... Well, do I regret it? Well, I bet. Do I regret it? Hell no. Um, but, yeah, that was... Um, yeah, that was not fun. No, Rance, no. And uh, so... Franklin had a really good first two rounds. He pulled five votes in the first two games, three against Port Adelaide and then two against the Dogs. And he had that 15-minute fifteen minute spell of just... Oh, mate, it was... 50 for 50. I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, insanity, but not in a asylum kind of way. It was just insane how good he was for 15 minutes. Yeah. It was arguably one of the best 15-minute spells we'll ever see. Yeah. Which he then took to another level against Essendon in the elimination final. Yeah. And he killed the match inside eight minutes. Um, and there aren't many players who are capable of that. Then round seven against the Lions, where he kicked eight. Yeah. And Otto, you know, eight is great. It's <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, round ten against Hawthorne, he picked up three Brownlow votes. I was a bit surprised by this, but yeah. he was his first half, I think he kicked three or four goals. And I think he kicked like all but one of the Swans goals, and he was the only reason the Swans were in the game. Oh, yeah, definitely. Round 15 against Melbourne, when the rest of the team sucked, uh, he was pretty good, he was very accurate. 21 against Fremantle, again, solid. The whole team was yeah. killing it that day. Killing it, yeah. And round 23, where he just went bang, 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 bang. Snatched the ball yeah. from the jaws of the defeat. And even Newman ignored him on one lead. <laughs> <laughs> now, Miles, um, chip in, mate. Yeah. I think he was eight four or eight five. Something like that. If he missed I think three or four in the last quarter alone. Yeah, Steven's gonna look it up. Steven's gonna look it up. Yes. Uh look. I fancy his chances, and I haven't got the graphic up on on the podcast. But I did go back and I had a look at all the play ratings, and tonight I think could be uh, could be some interesting uh, top ten finishes. So 
I'm just uh, just for that file right now. Um, just one guy who that is where my player ratings came in and gave me a little bit of a surprise. To be honest. Probably not. Yeah, but I think uh, I think there is an outside chance that um, someone can sneak up and give them a bit of a fright. So I can't find it. Doesn't matter. But um, yeah, it, it's uh, it's looking good. So eight four for Frank. Eight four, and I think he missed like three in the last quarter. Yeah. So we'll go on to the next one, and the next one is going to be Josh Kennedy. My captain, my captain. Yes. Now I'm going to duck off for a second. Take over, Stephen. Yeah, can do. Alrighty, so Josh Kennedy, first season as captain, and the first six rounds where you know we weren't too good, uh, to say the least. But uh, certainly my my kind of reflection on that at least was that the our big three midfielders, Hannibal, Parker, Kennedy, did drop off a bit. What do you think about that, Miles? Did you think that um, it was those senior players who? In terms of what he does in the midfield, he's kind of Mr. Consistent for us, really. You can always depend on him to win the contested ball and to make the things happen. Um, and I think well, after the round six, and especially after the bye, he and the rest of the club followed him, I think, really lifted and showed why he's probably the best inside midfielder in the, in the game uh, at, at this point in time, I reckon. Uh, maybe round one or two, um, but that's yeah. That's against against his kind of you know big standards. Uh, just look up that round two against Bulldogs. Which is uh, Justin's back. Yeah, um, we're just saying. Uh, did did Josh Kennedy have a bad game this year? Yeah, he did. He had a few bad ones. Um, obviously, the semi final. Yeah, true. And uh, yeah, a couple of his earlier games, he was uh, 24 touches down. against the Bulldogs in round two. And Port Adelaide, he, he was a bit down. I think he was a bit down against Port Adelaide. Yeah. Uh, you just having a quick look now? Yeah, I'm just having a quick gander. Uh, I'm just going to try and find that file that I had created. It is here somewhere. And it has all of the player ratings if I can find it. <laughs> that's that's a challenge if I can find it. Yeah, round one, Kennedy had 28 touches and a goal. Oh, that's pretty good. Tackles, so he had yeah. a pretty good game there. Yeah, pretty good game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's uh, probably going to... Yeah. So that one even then, he might um, he might poll pretty well in. He didn't... I don't know if he even picked up round one, but it's okay. Might not have. Franklin picked up three. Yeah, uh, four goals. Maybe he picked up one, but I know that Franklin picked up the three. Yeah, um, it's always hard to win a losing team. 
Yeah, it is. And um, look, the only thing that's going against him is the fact that he missed a couple of games. Yeah. Now, uh, our next one is Josh Parker, our vice captain, Josh Parker. Luke Parker. Luke Parker. That's right. Josh Kennedy, Luke Parker. <laughs> Hybrid of them both. Oh, Sorry. God, that'd be great. <laughs> Uh, just more consistency, please. <laughs> uh, so, this is why I am trying to find my stats file because I've misplaced it. But Luke Parker's second half of the season was quite frankly ridiculous. Yeah, brown line worthy. Yep. Yeah, he was. Um, and not only that, he was dancing around him and he was unstoppable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where is it? Ah, I've got it. Beautiful. So I went through, and I, so I've calculated all the play ratings as I put them in, and basically Parker's first half of the season was okay, he, but it wasn't great. Um, he was kind of in the middle of the pack, a little bit above it, but uh, his second half was... Yeah, I'm just looking into it. It was a mile... It was a mile best, ahead. Best of best in the team. Oh, it wasn't just the best. It was a mile yeah. ahead of everyone yeah. else. Yeah. Um, he's, I think I had his last 11 games, the last 12 games, whatever it was. 13, yeah, that ref from 12. Yeah, um, at eight and a half. His average score was like eight and a half. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> so, let, let, me just, let me just do this. It's uh, that one divided by... Uh, 11, isn't it? 11 yeah. games after the bye? Yeah, 12 to 23, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's 8.8. That's his average after the bye, 8.8. Yeah, that's... That is absurd. And yeah. no one ever complained about the ratings. They never said he should be higher or lower. So, whether it will be enough for him to score high enough on the, um, for the skills in yeah, is... Debatable. Debatable, because that, yeah. that first half... Yikes. <laughs> yeah, oh, that first half was, was... Some people were saying that he... My benefit for week in reserves. I, I did hear that. At one point, I think I might have agreed with that. Because yeah. At one point, he's form. He's just a shadow. He was, but he clearly looked injured. He looked injured just like half the other players on the team. So, you know, it's it's no big surprise. I mean, we can go back and have a look at his uh, sort of first half. Let me just pull him up. He had. We gave him six, six and a half, five, 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 six. And six and two sevens, yeah, in the first half, which is his average was about six and a half, or not even. I think it was like six point two, six point three over the first half of the season, and he had an eight and a half against uh, St Kilda, yeah, when we smashed them by forty eight, forty five, forty eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So look, um, I think that first half really sort of cost him. Now. The next one, Dan Hanabry. Now, we did have... Um, yeah, question. Yes, yeah, so it was... Josh asked earlier on. So Josh on one. He asked, what did we think about Hanabry's year? Miles, you want to kick us off? Yes, he said, what do you guys think of Hanabry's year? I thought he was consistent, but not near his best. Good to see you, Bill. 
You moved away from. I think you moved away from the phone, mate. Say that again. Sorry, we. Um, I think you moved away from the phone. Yeah, you there? You there? Yeah, sorry. Just um, just disappeared for a second. One just of live podcasting, yeah. ladies and gents. <laughs> just be careful when you podcast in a pub. <laughs> sorry, can you say what you said again? Is that okay? Yep. Yep. Yes, yes. I can't remember what he pulled in the brown one. No, but the top three for the swans, I think it was about 10 votes, but the top three for the swans, uh, it was Kennedy on 23, Franklin on 22, and Parker on 16. And to be honest, Parker's second half of the year, he was arguably the best player down around. Yeah. And it was only because Franklin decided to do a couple of freakish things in the field. <laughs> and, um, you know, Parker could have ended up with uh, close to 20 votes. Yeah. And I reckon he would have picked up 16 of those after round 12. Yeah. So, but yeah, I agree that Dan Hanabry had, in terms of his standards, it wasn't quite up. It wasn't his best year by any stretch of the imagination, but he did find his consistency and he did uh, really help. Uh, help bring the songs to where they ended up going. I mean, yeah. as a part of the leadership group is a key kind of pillar in our midfield. But Agreed, yeah. Wasn't quite as starring as he has been in previous years, I think. No. I say. Look, he's, he had... We rated him as having three excellent games in the first half of the season. The Collingwood game, the Saints game, and the Marvin game. And it was good in those games. And um, Newman didn't even get votes. No. <laughs> he got Brownlow votes despite the fact that he absolutely killed it. It was Kennedy got three, uh, Hanover got two, and uh, I'm trying oh, to was think. It in the... uh, Parker, I think Parker got the other one. Yeah. Or we gave Newman a nine. So I think Parker got the, the last vote. Last vote. But he was great, Hanover was great, um, Kennedy was great, despite the fact that we only gave him a seven and a half. Um, he still got the three votes. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting how that's going to go. But what's going against Hanabry is he had, we gave him sixes for the first two games and then four and a half for the uh, GWS and West Coast game. Yeah, it was and really shocking. And I guess <laughs> Brisbane, when we dominated them, he, we only gave him five and a half. And he was really, really on the outside. He was missing in that game. And whether that's in terms of the role he played, because he was kind of playing a bit more outside, wasn't he? He had to move inside because Kennedy wasn't. Kennedy's position was a bit weird. He wasn't. He didn't look fit, Kennedy, and Jack wasn't fit. So Hanbury had to kind of fit in both. Where he had to move into the, into the midfield contest, into you know, basically being an inside mid, and that's where he's really strong. Then he also had to be an attacking mid, like um, Kieran Jack was a two-way running ball carrier. Oh, it's very impressive him. Yeah, and good point. that's not his best role. And Neither of them are his best well, role. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he was injured and he was struggling through that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, look, his year was consistent. Uh, I agree. Agree with Josh. Umpires wouldn't know Newman's name to give him a vote. 
Yeah, you're not wrong there, Josh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sad chuckle, sad they chuckle. Pro- they probably gave it to, uh, they're probably thinking Hewitt instead. Or maybe they've gone 28, no, it's 26. No, it's 28, no, it's 26, it's 26. Yeah. <laughs> Despite the fact he got, I think, 38 possessions or something stupid on his second game. Yeah. Um, now, our next one is Heath Grundy, the uh, perennial. When is he going to be in the All-Australian team or even in the squad? When is he going to get some sort of recognition? I think he has to. Now, I honestly wish that he would at some point win a Betsy Ferris. But yeah. I don't think it's going to be this year. No. If, if it was going to be any year, it would have been last year. year. Yeah. yeah. He was fantastic last year. And that's not to knock him for his season this year. But he was part of a defensive unit that seriously struggled in the first six to seven games. Mm-hmm. Like, we had him as up there with Nick Smith and um, at times with the earlier as, like, just completely void of any kind of form. They did more damage than good at one point. Yeah. But he turned it around and his back half of the season was very good. Um, I think we averaged him out to about seven and a half just in the second yeah, in the second half. Um, rarely beaten. Rarely beaten, yeah. yeah. And he was kind of back to that uh back to last year's form where he could just he would just whoever he was on, he yep. would just do his job. Yep. Shut them out of the game. That was it. It's a it's an underappreciated task. It is, yeah. I, I've I've been pushing for this. I reckon, you know, forwards have the Coleman, the midfielders have the ground low. But it's got a needs to, the, there needs to be something for the key defenders. Well, do you want Danny Crawley's golden fist? <laughs> I don't know because that's going that's going to ransom me. Yeah, no, <laughs> so look, I thought uh, Grundy was good against Hawthorne in round twenty, round a. 19, yeah. round 19, he was good, despite the fact that uh, he wasn't great, but he was good. Mm. Uh, he did better on Ruffhead than uh, Young Malikin did. Yeah. And then he was very good against Geelong. Uh, maybe we undervalued him there, but um, when he was on Hawkins, Hawkins kicked maybe one goal. Yep, and then when he was yeah. off, Hawkins just went bang, bang, bang. Yeah. And uh, turned the match around for a good 30 minutes. And then Adelaide, Jenkins. Uh, Looked like he just wanted to go hide in the stand, and much like a grand final. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then he uh, switched to uh, McGovern in the fourth quarter when Malikin went off, and McGovern looked like he wanted to go hide in the stand as well. Yeah. So <laughs> I just, I just hope he can keep doing it next year. Yep. Hopefully the year after as well, because hopefully until he's about fifty years old, that'll be great. I mean, <laughs> if he goes, we're we're stuffed. Well, I reckon. The one thing that really amazed me was when um, they put the AFL tracker uh, sort of information up against Geelong and Essendon. Yeah. And I was shocked to find that about halfway through the match, Heath Grundy would run the most kilometers. Really? Yes. Oh, and I was looking at that going, no, come on, Heath Grundy. I don't know if they're like selectively picking them out, but they're saying, this is who's run the furthest. I'm like, no, Heath Grundy. He plays this game that it looks like he just sort of stands in one spot and then runs. Yeah, he kind of yeah. jogs and runs and jogs back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Our edge is reg. Yeah, and uh, look, just before you jump in, Miles, we'll just quickly go through the games. Now, we've got him round 12 against the Dogs. Uh, he was good. He was very good. He's 14 against Essendon. Um, Joe Danaher didn't really get on top much. No, he got... Wow. It was, yeah. didn't have the influence he normally Didn't has. really have any influence. 16 against the Suns. Uh, it was Tom Lynch was on um, ramping at first quarter, I think, yeah, and gave him a path. 
and then uh, he switched between right to Lynch, and then Lynch was hiding in the stands for the rest of the match. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Round 18, St Kilda. Again, um, Malikin was actually uh, given... I think he that was his rising sun. That was his rising sun. I don't know if he's given votes, but uh, Malikin was superb in round 18. Yeah. And um, Ronnie just killed whoever was on. Uh, I, like to, I like to think that um, round 18 Bruce? probably might have been. Maybe even memory. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, yeah. Rip had memory. I'm pretty sure oh, it was on Bruce. Yeah. And Bruce was... He, he, he might have been mistaken to even think he was on the team. I think she or even on the ground at the point. But now, round 18, the round where Nick Ray Rob decided he wanted to retire. Yes. Now, yeah. now he's seen what, what yeah. uh, Melligan can do. Exactly. <laughs> now, um, Grundy has an AA to his name, doesn't he? No, no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Ted Richards got one. Ted Richards got one in 2012. 2012. Yeah, yeah, 2012. But um, Grundy hasn't even made the squad. No. He's, uh, he's not attacking enough. He doesn't have enough flair. He's, uh, he's not beautiful like Rance. He's, he's not a he shining light. No, he's not a show pony. He doesn't right. talk to the media. He um, sits in the room, and when someone wants to interview him, he gives him that look. Let us move on. Yep. <laughs> oh, I love him. And uh, he's semi-final against Essendon. Um, again, Danny Hurd is on top of Rampy again. Um, this is kind of like a running theme where Rampy didn't have a great season. And so we'll come in a bit closer. Yeah. And then um, Grundy went to Danny Hurd and killed him. Yeah. Yeah. After the first quarter, like, I think Danny Hurd kicked one goal or had one shot from about 60 metres because Grundy was just giving him an absolute bar. Yeah. Now, Miles, you want to jump in and give us a little bit there? We really, we really need to keep him for at least another year or two. So. Yeah, two ideally. But two ideally, yeah. I would be surprised if he left after 2018. Yeah. Yeah, jump on him, Miles. Oh. Yep. Yeah, in those first rounds, yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely in the first rounds, um, it's, it's very easy to make him look slow. Yeah, and look like he has no idea what he's doing. All right, um, just having a look to see if anyone else has asked questions, but no, nah, not yet. Um, I hope other people tune in, otherwise it's feel a bit depressing. <laughs> two thousand people see this show, so wow, there two thousand people on this. Um, now on to the next one, Jake Lloyd. Now. I thought his first half of the year was great. Yeah, he's um, one of the few who stood up. Yep. And um, and it really was. It was really consistent. And I thought the first couple of rounds was really good. And then that's when I went and had a look at the player ratings. And I realised that maybe, maybe we've been a bit harsh on him. But he basically had sevens and seven and a halves for almost every game in the first half of the yeah. season. Yeah. 
But uh, I think he proved his worth when he got himself knocked out the first contest against Wolfhorn. Yeah. In round 10 in the last that game. And then again, when he missed in round 19. Um, there was a late withdrawal. We lost that one again. We missed his um, distribution off the halfback line. I so, think it, I think it's easy to not give him your eights and nines and stuff because you know think of what he does. He's yeah. a kind of link man off halfback. He racks up the ball, doesn't necessarily you know do a sort of like run no, and dash exactly. and all that sort of thing. But and when he tries to go long in an attacking play, he uh, invariably turns it over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> when he does when he does what he does well, yeah, like yeah. it's it, it's still not that kind of impressive, but yes. it's so valuable. Uh, for the club, and I hope he uh, gets his um, he gets a bit of acknowledgement tonight at the BNM. Yeah, I do too. Uh, my hope is that he will finish in the top five. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's going to finish in the top three. I'm not confident he's going to finish in the top three. But no, I don't think so. I think he deserves to finish top five. Yeah. Um, I thought he was really good against the Dogs. Uh, again against North Melbourne, he was very good. Northwest Bulldogs again in round 12. Um, and then he had a really good final against Essendon, and he was pretty yeah. good against Juan. Yeah. He, yeah, he wasn't our worst in that game. No, no. I don't think... That, not the semi, but the oh, no, elimination. No. But even in the semi, he was far from our worst. I think I even... Um, I'm just going to have a really quick look, but I'm pretty sure I had him in our best for that game. Okay. Um, so I'm just trying to... Just bear with me one sec, Miles. You can jump in and give your own feedback while I'm looking up the uh, play ratings. Agreed. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, again, I've said it before, it's the way he plays. He's not kind of one you can say, oh, yeah, he's the best on, or that he's really the worst on. Yeah. Um, he just kind of sits there, pulls away, does his job, and that's basically what's on it. Yeah, just do your do, job. Do your job, do it. I'm just having a quick look. I found the player ratings. Uh, we gave him a three and a half. <laughs> the Sims. So he wasn't the worst. He, and, yeah, he, was he like, wasn't the worst. <laughs> he was actually... Oh, was he? Maybe yeah, he'd be about middle of the path. Yeah, middle, yeah. middle. Uh, maybe we were a bit harsh on him, but considering we gave um, two ones and a, quite a few twos and threes, so... Yeah, he wasn't, yeah. He wasn't the worst. <laughs> By a long shot. <laughs> he might rack up 15, 15, maybe 20 votes of that game, I think. Yeah. So maybe we were a bit harsh, but... Um, Look, the last, the last player, uh, and this is one that I was really surprised about, about his performance throughout the year, and it's Zach Jones, Zach, yeah. Zach Attack. I think he's a shoo-in for most improved, I think. Yes, oh, guaranteed. I would say guaranteed. Um, so, Lloyd finished top seven last year, finished seventh, and he's a good chance of finishing top five. I went back and tallied the votes while the play ratings. Yeah. This guy is a standout chance of top three. Is he? Yes. So, this is where I was shocked by this. So, I'm trying to find Zach Jones, number 10. He uh, had a pretty good first half, and then his second half of the season was consistently good. He finished with 164.5. 
of all the total playlists. That's what third in the third title. It is. So I did the uh, preview yesterday, and I had him coming in. I wouldn't say clear, but a couple of points above, you know, the next fourth, which was uh, Anna Brio. Anna Brio, yeah. But I think those first six rounds where we were absolutely shocking looking for the number one draft pick, wooden spoon sort of yeah, sorry. Yeah, yep. That was when he broke out. That was when he made his mark and suddenly Swans fans were like, ooh, this guy's, yeah, this guy's a weapon. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that will help him a lot in terms of the best and fairest. Yes, agree. Um, he'll have that. He'll basically have a six-round head start on everyone else. Yeah, and look, he's um, he really came to really came to the fore in the preseason with his ability to go to Mitchell. Yeah, and he had a couple of really solid games early on in the season, but he also had a couple of shockers. Yeah, a couple of poor ones. But I mean, just looking here, lowest score is a five and a half. half. Yeah. Which, yeah, and in that yeah. semi-final, yep. against uh, Geelong, he was he was oh, best. Yeah. yeah, and I thought that his best game of the season was one against Brisbane. He yeah. was fantastic in that yeah. game. Uh, Franklin got the votes. I'm not sure if Jones got any votes for that, but his run off the back and his attack in the midfield was. He was just cutting, cutting through Brisbane like a hot knife through butter. He delivery. He did a, did a yeah, quick step and just bang straight into Franklin's arms. And that's just like I'm watching on TV. Just goes, Christ, this guy's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's still young. Yeah. He's going to improve as time goes on. But can't wait. Yeah, exactly. Look, he had a really good back half. Last five games, he's really, really solid, and I think that's going to be enough for him. I don't know how the boat's going to fall. In the skill. But I honestly think that even if he doesn't finish top three, I reckon he's a really good chance of finishing top five. Yeah, it should be. So if him and Lloyd finish top five, I think that's uh, it's fantastic because Lloyd's played, um, he's played 100 games and Zach Jones has played 50-ish. 40-something. Uh, I did have a look before. <laughs> I don't remember how many he's actually played. But, um, why don't you um, give us your piece of, piece of mind there, Miles, when I'm while I'm Googling Zach Jones. <laughs> yes, and one. Yeah, agreed. Yep. Absolutely. Look, I would be, um, I would be surprised if he doesn't get maximum votes or very close maximum votes against Jordan. Despite the fact that his disposal at times was shambolic. Even in the last half, when we were getting our hands pulled down, especially in the last quarter, you know, memories of Sam Reed trying to handle a wet bar of soap not on the half-back line. He was throwing himself into every contest. He was still winning the ball, still doing his most. Uh, he was running up the midfield to try and get the ball. I'm sure, he turned it over, but at least he was putting his head over it. Okay. His guts. And I think I saw you can depend on him to do. He'll always give 170%. Um, yeah. When he was in the juniors, I've, I've told the story before on the podcast, but um, his, um, his, yeah, his um, 
Yeah, sorry, I'll move a bit closer there. Um, when he was in the juniors, he would be taken out of um, tackling training because they're worried he'd like injure his own teammates. Yeah, he he loves a tackle. He is the most nuggety player I've seen in a long time, and yeah, just can't wait to see what he does in the future. Who does he remind you of? He used to play in a 2005 Premiership team. Bevan. Bevan, yeah. Bevan. <laughs> Bevan used to just throw himself headfirst into everything. Yeah. And I remember an interview, I think it was like maybe 2001 or 2010, yeah. where I think it's Paul Ruse and some of his teammates were critical of the fact that um, he was so reckless with his approach to the contest that he had no fear about throwing himself headfirst into it. Yeah. And they were worried at training that he would injure his own teammates because of the way he attacked the ball. They didn't have anyone else on the team who attacked it like Paul Bevan. And he used to just smash people. Yeah, yeah. That blonde mop of hair just going, bam. <laughs> and then he grabbed it and then just do the most, the most awful kick you've ever seen in your yeah. life. Oh, well, and he just stopped Christ, Paul. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, look. Zach Jones, Port Adelaide, was good. Carlton uh, was one of the better players on the day. Brisbane Lions killed it against the Lions. 15, killed it against Melbourne. Um, Fremantle was good. Adelaide was solid. Carlton was good. Estenen was very good. Geelong was good. Um, he was probably our only good, good player, that one. Um, so, we're pretty much at the end now. Uh, we've only got a couple minutes left because the presentation is about to start. Yeah, just about to start. So we'll just go on to our predictions now. So for our rising star, I think we're both agreed, Jones. Rising star. Oh, no, most improved, Jones. I oh, reckon. sorry, yes. Yeah, sorry, rising star. Rising I reckon star. you're tossing up between two players. Haywood Melligan. Yeah, Haywood Melligan. Yep, definitely. And Miles? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Good call. Players player of the year. This is a weird one. Yeah, it's a tricky one to call because... I reckon Luke Parker might win it. Yeah, I think, I reckon, I think he might win it. Yeah, I reckon Franklin goes to a row as well. I, I don't know. Like, um, I just see Parker's second half of the season yeah. as miles ahead of anyone else. Yeah. And I think if he was captain... I think he was captain once or twice. And even in those cap, the uh, Geelong game, yeah. when uh, Kennedy was missing, and he was unbelievable in that game, unbelievable. So I think I reckon yeah, Parker's in for it. Yeah. And what do you think, Stephen? Yeah, I think uh, it's a tricky one because the players' player that's picked obviously by the players rather than the coaching panel. Yep. So Franklin won it last year. Whether that means you know, the Charlie and Silver players get to maybe Isaac Heaney, his name, yeah. his name we haven't mentioned at all. This podcast. Mills as well, Mills, Mills as well, Malikin. Malikin. Yeah. Oh, not Malikin, but Mills. Yeah, um, so it could be a bit of anything there. And Miles, what do you think, mate? <laughs> um, now, most improved. Jones. 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 Has to be Jones. Yeah, it's going to be Jones. I'm sorry, but I've probably had a great year, but yeah. Jones made, his, made an impact on the competition. Yeah. yeah, and not only clearly Jones, but I think he's even a chance for... Uh, I mean, he, he's a smoky. He's to a smoky thing, for yeah. tonight. Definitely. That's how good his season was. Um, if he was in here right now, I'd drag him over, but he's not. Player of the finals. Now... Before you jump in, Steve, mm. this is an interesting one. I've got it as a draw yep. between Kennedy and Jones. 
Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened, to be honest, because you have to look at who performed in the Geelong game, I think. Um, it was because it was a pretty evenly you know, team performance against Essendon. I thought you were about to say pretty evenly good performance against John. Oh, God, and, 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 and even missing performance against John. <laughs> yeah. A team effort. No, um, evenly missing, yeah. yeah. But I think whoever stood out in that game will... Um, get the 50 votes. Get, yeah, exactly, yeah. Clubman of the Year. Who do you reckon will get that one? Which one? Clubman of, of the Year. Miles, what do you think? See, I... I don't know. I think Jeremy Laidler. Yeah, he, yeah, we've had a chat about this earlier, didn't we? We did. And I think Jeremy Laidler's a, uh, a pretty good chance. And the reason why, he came into the seniors, made no fucks. Went back to the reserves, did his best. And he was good in the reserves. He honestly should have got a call up to the seniors. He actually racks up the ball in the reserves. He which did. Was, he was yeah. really good. And then... Um, he was in a NEFL team of the year. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then he was working with the academy, and then he retired to go coach the academy. It's, yeah. So, I mean, you can't ask for better. So, I honestly... Yep. Oh, look, yeah. The reception yeah. he got, not only by the players, but the fans themselves, yeah. and the fact that some of the senior players went to watch him play again was... He was even getting a reception when he was running water in the game yeah. before. Yeah. So... Um, I don't yeah. think anyone would begrudge him if he won no. it again. Like, but that'll be what, a third year running. <laughs> yeah, something yeah. like that. <laughs> I honestly reckon Jeremy Lade is going to be hard to stop for that one. Yeah. Uh, and now our Bob Skilton medalist. And I don't know if we're on a consensus here. A lot of people really want Josh Kennedy to win his fourth. But I just think he had his first part of the season was a bit too down and he missed too many games. While uh, Jones missed, I think, just one game. One yeah. game, Jones missed. Uh, Hanabry played every single game. He missed round 23. Luke Parker played every game. Uh, Franklin played every game. Oh, and George Hewitt played almost every game. I uh, probably didn't even add his rating in here. That's how good he was in the, in yeah. the uh, semi-final. <laughs> <laughs> and even Heath Brunny played every game. So I think... The one thing that's going against Kennedy is the fact that he missed games. Yeah. And, um, look, I've got Lance Franklin winning his first best first. What do you guys think? Miles, what do you reckon, mate? Yeah. Yep. And because, yeah, because in especially towards the end of the year, uh, those games against Carlton, that game with Fremantle, Fremantle, yeah. Adelaide, Carlton, uh, he, he was, was when we demolished a team, he just, <laughs> you could just, just see him licking his lips to say, oh, yes. yes. We gave and, him two tens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that Fremantle, I can't even remember Fremantle because all I can remember is Carlton. Yeah. So Carlton's just like blocked Fremantle out of my memory. Yeah. I literally cannot remember anything from that match, but I gave Franklin a 10 on the day and I must give him a good reason. Now, 
it's interesting that you raise the fact that Kennedy was arguably the better player of the season. And going back over the ratings, this is where it gets interesting, right? Over the ratings, Franklin was probably the best player in the first half of the season, and he was top three in the second half of the season. However, Kennedy, we had rated as the best player of the first half, but he missed one, two, three games. And because he missed the three games, I don't think he's going to have enough points. Catch up. But his average score over the season was just under seven and a half, which is pretty bloody good, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're thinking of a guy who's almost dominating every single game to get seven and a half. And I think it, you know, in the brown low, corresponded well, correlation, 23 votes, yep. highest rating in the team. Best player of the season, Josh Kennedy. But I think uh, Franklin's going to have the votes. Yeah, agreed. See, I've got... Um, this is how the ratings have finished up. We've got Lance Franklin on 174. Luke Parker on 169 and a half. Zach Jones on 164 and a half. Dan Hanabry on 161 and a half. Keith Grundy on 159. Top five. Top five. And Josh Kennedy on 156. So those three games out really hurt. And real, yeah, it is, because at that point, he was arguably neck and neck, if not ahead of Lance Franklin. Yeah. But because he didn't score anything, and those players scored pretty well when he was missing. But, um, we're going to wrap it up. Yeah, just as the music kicks yeah, in. We're about to uh, get the club champion stream going. Miles, anything you want to add, mate? Really? Oh, oh, oh that's that's unlucky. Let's uh, pull up real footy. I don't, I don't go to Hilton, I got a real footy. Francis may be key to Don Deals, yes. And Kangaroos D-list mutual age. Okay, Sam Gibson, there you go. That's unfortunate. Well, Saints re-sign Richardson until the end of 2020. And a five-point plan for Tigers to enjoy Premiership hangover. <laughs> Finish 12th. Got it. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, look, um, thank you for joining us for our first live podcast, the Swanscast Live. I've been joined by Stephen Chalor. Yeah, thanks for bearing with us, guys. The noise is really starting to yep. pick up here. It's got to be a bit of a, <laughs> a raving party here, I reckon, tonight. I will definitely sun. <laughs> and uh, Miles? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I uh, just got to say thank you. Thank you to the Rising Sun for uh, letting us um, run our podcast here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, guys, as, as usual, you can follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And as always, our tag, Swanswog, there it is. Just put an, et, yep. put, it, put an et symbol in front of it and uh, get rid of the spaces. That's Swanswog. You'll find it. Yep, you'll find it. <laughs> you can always, there's always a Swanscast. Put a hashtag in front of that. And Swanscast live. <laughs> it's opposite land here Swanscast Live so always drop us a line we'll get in touch and uh, as always thank you for joining us Stephen and everyone else it's been a great episode go Swans and we're going to cut now when I figure out how to do this